Here are a couple facts about me. I'm 20, I'm in college, but I don't have enough marketable talents to drop out of school. But that wasn't the case for another 20-year-old named Kanye West, who, in 1997, dropped out of Chicago State University, where he was getting an English degree to pursue his passion for music. Fast forward a couple years, and the success of his 2003 single, Through the Wire, as well as his association with Rockefeller Records and more famous rappers like Talib Kweli and Jay-Z, launched him to stardom. It was this energy that allowed him to be confident enough to release his studio debut album, The College Dropout, on February 10th, 2004. The College Dropout was an instant hit. It debuted at number two on the US Billboard 200 and sold over 400,000 copies in its first week. And you have to remember, this was 2004. People were actually leaving their houses and going to stores to buy this CD. I know, it's insane. The record consists of 21 tracks, despite having a running time of just an hour and 16 minutes. This is because many of the songs aren't actually songs, they're skits. Yes, just a couple of seconds or minutes of people talking. But let's not get ahead of ourselves, and let's start at the beginning. The first track on the college dropout is aptly titled Intro. It's a 19 second clip and the first of five skits on the album. In intro, we hear comedian DeRay Davis asking Kanye if he can make some songs for the kids at his school. One striking thing about this, and about the entire album, is that it's focused on education. Remember, Kanye's mother, Donda, was an educator, and Kanye was sort of following in her footsteps before he got jaded about the education system, especially as it relates to black kids. So making an album that's an interrogation of this is incredibly interesting, and this was definitely not something rap was doing at the time. Rap has always been socially conscious, of course, but never so niche. And that's why this album couldn't stand without the skits, because the subject matter is just too niche. The first song on the album is We Don't Care, which Kanye and a children's choir sing the harrowing lyrics, drug dealing just to get by, stack your money till it gets sky high. We wasn't supposed to make it past 25, jokes on you, we still alive. Throw your hands up in the sky and say we don't care what people say. During the start of the song, Kanye says, seemingly in reply to the intro skit, oh yeah, I got the perfect song for the kids to sing. Despite the upbeat backing, as Kanye sings over a sped up version of Jimmy Castor Bunch's cover of Gino Vanelli's 1978 song, I Just Wanna Stop, it's an incredibly sad song about the realities that many Black Americans, especially Black American boys, face. Kanye grew up during the crack epidemic and the war on drugs, so I imagine he saw how selling drugs became a way for many people to make a living, yet the dangers it decimated on Black communities. He also addresses the toll that mass incarceration and violence, particularly gun violence, takes on black communities, as black men die disproportionately young, a lot of times before they make it to 25. We Don't Care is Kanye's first middle finger to the system. And this is clear in the next song that I don't know if I should call a skit or not. It's graduation day, and DeRay, who we heard in intro, comes back to tell Kanye that the song he just made, We Don't Care, was not at all what he wanted the kids to hear. As a result, Kanye is now barred from graduating. 
This is all happening over a soulful version of the graduation classic Pomp and Circumstance, which then transitions into a short verse by John Legend about how now Kanye, a dropout, is about to go and navigate his life. But just don't tell his mama he dropped out. These first three tracks make for the perfect introduction to the college dropout and reveal something about how Kanye makes songs early on. They're meant to tell a story and support one another, and therefore these albums should be listened to straight through. This is a super important trait of Kanye's music and something that you have to keep in mind while listening. The next song is one of my favorites of this album. It's All Falls Down featuring Selena Johnson. The famous chorus actually comes from Lauryn Hill's The Mystery of Iniquity, but Kanye couldn't get the rights to use it, so he asked Selena, then an R&B celebrity in her own right and a fellow Chicagoan, to sing it for him. In this song, Kanye references education once again. As a college student, the lines, man, I promise, she's so self-conscious, she has no idea what she's doing in college, that major that she majored in don't make no money, but she won't drop her out, her parents will look at her funny, really resonate with me. But the main thing Kanye tackles in this song is, interestingly enough, consumerism. He indicts himself and the way he's fallen into an obsession for wealth and material things, possibly as a result of trying to become a legitimate rapper. At the time, I imagined it sad, but in hindsight, it's interesting to look at how far he's moved away from this version of himself. Today, Kanye West is personally worth over $240 million, and his fashion brand, Yeezy, is a multi-billion dollar company. So if Kanye really did think like this, I wonder how he feels today in relation to the person he said he was. The next track, I'll Fly Away, is a recording of a 1929 hymn that was made popular as an interlude by Faith Evans on Diddy's 1997 song, I'll Be Missing You, a tribute to Biggie Smalls. Just as when Diddy used it, the song is sad yet soulful, and an interesting transition into Kanye's next song, Spaceship, featuring GLC in consequence. I have to admit, Kanye lays the illusion on a little thick between him flying away and then getting onto a spaceship, but I'll let it slide. Spaceship is another socially conscious song. It deals with his frustrations about being in the working class and racial profiling. He also is giving another middle finger, this time to his critics. He talks about how much work he's put into getting to this point, and rightly so, and as a result his records should be doing as well as they do, and he should get a Maybach too while he's at it. In this song, John Legend sings the chorus, but that's a theme if you haven't noticed. Then, verses 2 and 3 are by GLC and Consequence respectively, with the outro by Tony Williams. So when you actually zoom out from the song, Kanye is barely in it. But unlike other times when he shared the mic, such as in The Bounce with Jay-Z and Live from Irving Plaza with Talib Kweli and Most Def, this is decidedly Kanye's song. I'm not gonna lie, I've listened to this song a bunch of times, but most of the time I just end up moving on after Kanye's verse. It's a really well-spoken story that I think resonates with a lot of people, especially artists and creators, and even kids in school who just hate being in school. These frustrations that Connie has been having in this first part of the college dropout then comes to a major head with the next track and one of his most famous songs of all time, Jesus Walks. Now, when this song was released, it was sort of controversial. It's Kanye's first overt endorsement of Christianity, and there are lots of biblical references sprinkled throughout. 
Now, religion and rap have always sort of been intertwined, whether Christianity or Islam, but no rapper had ever released a single with Jesus in the title that could be read as a literal prayer for God's help. Kanye addresses that this is a risky move when he says in the second verse, they say you can rap about anything except for Jesus. That means guns, sex, lies, videotape. But if I talk about God, my record won't get played, huh? But his song did get played. Released as a single from the college dropout, it peaked at number 11 on the Billboard 100 and was nominated for Song of the Year at the 2005 Grammys before winning the Grammy for Best Rap Song. Today, this song is two times certified platinum in the US. I could go on and on, but I don't think anything I say can really stress how amazingly well this song did commercially. Jesus Walks also tackles issues like police brutality over a super haunting, drill sergeant-esque beat. It's sort of a scary song in that way, and such a deviation from anything else on the album. And I think that's why it stands out so much and has always been a hit. After Jesus Walks, we hear another low-key haunting song with Never Let Me Down. Now, Never Let Me Down is not really a song I seek out when I'm listening to The College Dropout, but it's notable because it's Connie's first song with Jay-Z, and I mean it's really his song. Jay Ivey also makes an appearance on this song, and although Connie doesn't start the song, his verse is definitely the star. The next song, Get Em High, is way more upbeat and slightly reminiscent of We Don't Care. With another song comes another feature, this time featuring none other than Talib Kweli in Common. I just have to say something about how many times Talib Kweli has already come up. I also don't really know how to pronounce his first name, if it's Talib or Talib, but I think I'm going to stick with Talib, even though that's harder for me to say. So if I mess up, I apologize. But anyway... If nothing else, early Kanye really cared about his friends and making sure to make space for the people who made space for him. That's why we can't talk about these early projects without talking about Jay-Z and Most Def and Quali. Get Em High is a fine song, but the subject matter is quite repetitive. It sort of feels like an extension of All Falls Down, although there's a couple lines by his high school girlfriend, Semeki Rainey, where she talks about how much more famous Tyler is than Kanye and says there's no way Kanye knows him. It's such a relic of a bar and that's what makes this era of Kanye so fun to listen to. The 10th track on the college wrap-up is another skit entitled Workout Plan and brings us into Act 2 of the album. In the next couple of tracks after this, we see a clear change in the subject matter as Kanye starts to rap about women and sex in a much more explicit way. Workout Plan sets the stage for my favorite song on the album, The New Workout Plan. On the first listen, it's super misogynistic. In this song, women are mechanistically objectified and told how to become more desirable to men. But in some ways, I think it can be read as a satire. In the middle of the song, there are three skits of women giving testimonies about how Connie's workout plan helped them pull better men, and everything they're saying is so ridiculous. But I want you listeners to tell me what you think about the lyrics and how you understand them. But beyond this, I'm obsessed with the production. The song starts with these super sharp violins by Miri Ben-Ari, and somehow the beat is able to transport the listener into a gym. I don't know if that makes any sense, but just listen to it. Trust me. But the next song on the college dropout by no means blows my mind. 
It's Slow Jams featuring Twista and Jamie Foxx. I'll have to admit, it's fun to hear Jamie Foxx sing and not singing Gold Digger, but that's for another episode. But this song definitely detracts from the story that this album is trying to tell. In my opinion, it sort of just needed to happen, if that makes sense. This is the kind of music that was expected from a studio rapper, so I get it. And I love some Luther Vandross as much as the next person, so it's not a bad song, it's just not what I want it to be. But a song that is what I want it to be? That's the next track, Breathe In, Breathe Out. Now, in my last episode, I talked about when Kanye performed this at Irving Plaza. It was just a snippet then, and between that performance and the album version, Kanye added Ludacris on the chorus. By sampling Jackie Moore's 1970 song, Precious Precious, the song is funky and a beat. After this is another skit that became the rallying cry of kids who didn't like school and those suspicious of the value of a college education. In track 14, School Spirit Skit 1, DeRay Davis is back, but this time parodying what happens after college graduation. He talks about how, now that you're graduated, you can get a low-paying, entry-level job to pay for the drugs to fuel the drug habit you picked up in college. He also talks about nepotism and the way that college can make you miss out on learning about real life. As a college student, I kind of see where he's coming from. It's the perfect segue then to the third act of this album and the song School Spirit. In this song, Kanye references historically black fraternities and sororities and likens them to gangsters and pimps. All this works together to be this album's final middle finger to the education system. Kanye blatantly talks about how he's a college dropout and how much more successful he is now that he's left school. This sentiment is especially interesting when you look at the first lines of the song's first verse. I'ma get on this TV, mama, I'ma, I'ma put shit down. These are lines Kanye would later use, because he can't help but interpolate himself, in the 2007 song Good Life from the album Graduation. School Spirit is a fun song and a combination of everything he's talking about on the college dropout, and for this reason I think in some ways it's the most important song on the album. The next two skits continue these themes, especially Lil Jimmy's skit, in which DeRay is back to discuss how getting a bunch of degrees isn't a real legacy and not something you can leave behind to support your family. This idea has no reconciliation in the next song, Two Words, the same song from Kanye's mixtape Get Well Soon. As I spoke about before, the song is gritty and attempts to make the listener confront the harsh realities of being black in America. So yeah. The album gets a little bummed out towards the end, but some sort of grace is found in the next track, Through the Wire. Now, I've done my analysis of this song, so I'm not going to rehash it here. For that, you're going to need to listen to my last episode, so if you haven't already, pause this and go listen. Don't worry, we'll be waiting for you. And welcome back. After Through the Wire, we hear family business, and this song, I think, is supposed to be the reconciliation of the third act. It's, for lack of a better word, a sweet song. The song takes place against a sample of a one-minute recording by the Dells called Funky Thing, Diamond Ring. From this, we get lines such as, all that glitters is not gold. Now gold is not reality. Everything Kanye has been talking about, from rampant consumerism to the problems of the working class to the education system, sort of comes to a head in this song where he argues that it all doesn't matter and that family does. It's sort of an unsatisfying ending, if you ask me. 
I'm not saying that family isn't super important, but I always felt as though such a thought-provoking album should've and could've done better. It then ends on a bad note with Last Call, an annoying 12-minute song in which Kanye tells stories and shout-outs his friends. It's sort of as if Kanye got tired by the end of this album, and the magic that was the first half just couldn't be captured again. But despite this bad ending, I don't think The College Dropout is by any means overrated. I think it's pretty accurately rated. The commercial success of it all is surprising though, as it ended up winning the 2005 Grammy for Best Rap Album, even over Jay-Z's The Black Album. However, The College Dropout works because it tells a story that everyone can resonate with in one way or another. What's your take on The College Dropout? Do you agree with me? Do you disagree? I want to hear it all. You can find me on Instagram at abbynotabigail. Let's be friends. Now, I want to leave you with my favorite line from this album. It's from the song, Breathe In, Breathe Out, when Kanye says, Now even though I went to college and dropped out of school quick, I always had a PhD, a pretty huge dick. Classic Kanye.